Hi, and welcome to Leadership Lift. My name is Eric Livingston. I've been a pastor and in church leadership for over 40 years. My hope is to take lessons learned from those years to lift your leadership. Most of those lessons I learned the hard way. Leadership Lift is designed for pastors and church leaders. It will be directed to providing essential insights, practical guidance, and uplifting inspiration to lift your leadership. Thanks for listening, and let's get started. Hey, greetings, friends. I am thrilled with the launch of the first episode of Leadership Lift, so thank you so much. I have some great topics ahead uh, in future um, podcasts, as well as some interviews with individuals that I want you to know. So again, thank you for listening to the first episode, and then again, thanks for tuning in uh, for, uh, for our second one. In today's uh, podcast um, of Leadership Lift, I am excited to delve into a topic that holds immense value for pastors and congregations, and that's the concept of sabbaticals. Specifically, I want to explore why implementing a sabbatical policy, especially for full-time staff and lead pastors, can be transformative for church communities as well as the pastor. In my own journey of ministry, I've been fortunate to experience a sabbatical every seven years. When the idea was first introduced to the leadership of the church that I was pastoring, Shorewood Church of God, it sparked um, a series of questions. Um, things like, well, what's going to happen in, in the absence of you being here, uh, Eric? How will, how will the responsibilities of what you do, how will they be covered? Um, do we need additional budgeting for this? Like when somebody comes in, uh, do we have to pay them to speak? And importantly, uh, also was the question, uh, so Eric, do we pay you during this sabbatical? So addressing all of these questions led to the creation of a sabbatical policy. And that has since become a very integral part of the culture of that church. Um, if you'd like to see a copy of the sabbatical policy, if you would just email me at illinoisministries at gmail.com, I will send you a packet of some resources that I've collected regarding sub, uh, sabbaticals. So if, if a sabbatical policy is that helpful, what what should a sabbatical policy encompass? What, sh what should be in there? Well, I think, first of all, you need the duration of the sabbatical. Um, and I think it needs to be tailored to the pastor's tenure, um, starting with like six weeks, uh, six to eight weeks is normal, and potentially exp expanding that every cycle of the seventh year. Um, I, I Some people may say, well, that's too long, but... I have to tell you, it takes three to four weeks to, for me, I should say, to get used to get used to re being released from work. For me, at week three, my sleeping pattern started to change. I didn't wake up in the middle of the night or I didn't get up in the morning thinking, oh, I've got something I need to do. Um, it takes me weeks to read without thinking, how can I use what I'm reading for a sermon or for a lesson, or who could I share this book with? So that duration, I think, at least needs to begin with six weeks, and then adding on to that every seventh year. The second thing that people focus on on a sabbatical policy is the frequency. Um, aligned with the concept of Sabbath, 
a sabbatical is recommended for every seven years. And I think that's a good number. I have, I've helped a few pastors receive a sabbatical with less time of certain, um, like, it, like less than seven years, but those were because of maybe some certain emotional needs or a, uh, um, a time in the pastor's life where they just needed to step out of the, um, of the day-to-day operation. But if a church could get in a rhythm of every seven years, it works well. I want the sabbatical to come at a time when the pastor feels they don't need it necessarily. Um, I don't want to wait to offer a sabbatical um, until there's a mental collapse. It actually, for me, it's been and it's a great experience going to see a counselor, which I do on sabbatical, to see a counselor without having these huge issues that are on your back at the time. In my life, there are always issues that the counselor might find, but that's me. But it's fun to sit down with a counselor or a coach and say, hey, I'm on sabbatical and I just want you to poke around my life and find some stuff. A third thing that a sabbatical policy has is a proactive approach to the sabbatical. Instead of waiting for signs of burnout, a sabbatical should be planned with regular occurrence. If you wait until a sabbatical is necessary, it's a different experience of a sabbatical. The congregation will have more fear, and the pastors sometimes wonder, can they come back from this sabbatical and and pick up where they left off? So, so I encourage churches and leadership teams to just be proactive with the sabbatical. This is a huge benefit to a pastor. Um, and, and even if you were able to put it in the compensation package uh, that a sabbatical occurs every seventh year, just put it in the budget. And believe me, you will be a better church for it. And you'll have a pastor stronger emotionally and spiritually. Um, I said put it in the church budget. That's actually number four for me. A sabbatical policy should have uh, financial planning. Include sabbaticals in the annual church budget. This is allowing for financial assistance to pastors before they embark on their sabbatical. So if if you have if if the sabbatical is every seven years and you put a thousand dollars in the budget every year. At the when the when the pastor's ready for a sabbatical, they have seven thousand dollars, and that's a nice amount of money to put towards the plans of the sabbatical. I've used funds for counseling. I've used funds for traveling. Um, I've used funds to uh, buy books or take up maybe a a mini class or a master class. Um, I've used funds to go away to a uh, um, an isolated place, uh, short trips. Um, so. So I would encourage churches to put that in your budget yearly so you so it doesn't feel as heavy in that seventh year to the church budget. And then finally, I would say a sabbatical policy usually has something that outlines the activities during that sabbatical. I have to say the leadership, my leadership team will have to remind me every single sabbatical, whether whether it was in this assignment or when I was pastoring, that. I was planning to do too much. 
And I will say that the leadership team of your church will have to remind and enforce pastors. I, I, I had the word encourage there and I just couldn't say it. You'll have to remind pastors and enforce them to engage in rest, explore beautiful places, seek some time with a counselor, and dedicate time to reading, reflection, and solitude. I currently um, am on a sabbatical in this assignment. And about the only thing I'm doing is is doing this podcast. Um, uh, today, that's the only thing that's on the agenda is, is to record this podcast. But um, I, I have been encouraged um, by a friend of mine to, to read something that is fiction. So find, for me, that would probably be like a mystery or uh, something like that. But do not read something that uh, has to do with ministry or um, uh, how you want to get better or the seasons of life that you're in, but read something fiction and uh, with a book, uh, not, not on your computer or something like that, but just read some. And that's, that's going to be helpful. Uh, Lisa and I are getting ready to travel a little bit in a few weeks. And, uh, I have a fiction book picked out, um, that normally I would not feel like I have time to read. So I'm looking forward to that. Every sabbatical that I have taken has resulted in my board sending back my proposal with directions to take half the stuff off of my proposal. And I appreciate that about them. So, um, and most of it is I fill up the sabbatical plan so much because it, it comes out of this fear of, of looking like I'm going to do nothing. But if you think about it, a sabbatical is a chance to rest. So let's talk about some of the fears that people have about sabbaticals. Sabbaticals are so foreign to many in, in this country that it raises fear because it's not a widely accepted practice. It should be, but it isn't. Americans work, and when we don't work, we feel guilty. Even when we rest, we feel like we should be doing something. So, reflecting on my own sabbaticals, I've, I want you to know that I have never heard now, it doesn't mean they're not said, but I have never heard, you don't deserve this sabbatical. I've never heard that. I've also never heard, we can't afford it. Instead, I've heard positive feedback, including observations like, you know, Pastor Eric, it was so good for the church to step up during that time that you were gone. We need to do this more. We need to step up more and take responsibility. Another thing I often heard um, when I came back from sabbatical is, is your messages seem to have more depth to them. Um, in, in this, in this uh, sabbatical season, I also grapple with emotions such as fear of things falling apart if in my absence. Um, or maybe the guilt for taking a sabbatical when others in the congregation aren't able to take a sabbatical. Um, these emotions, although I would say challenging, were addressed through careful planning and communication. It takes proactive thinking from the pastor and the leaders to make a sabbatical happen. 
But please know, it's worth it. It takes time for the pastor and maybe the chairman of your board to explain to the congregation why this is happening. In the packet that I'll send you if you email me at illinoisministries at gmail.com, there is a sample letter that I have from a pastor who uh, wrote a letter to his congregation explaining the sabbatical. It's It's done really well. Um, but that's an idea as well. You have to let this, this, the congregation know what's happening. Um, I now am on my second sabbatical as a regional pastor of the Church of God in Illinois, and I'm excited to share my experiences and insights gained during this time away. When I come back, I want to share some of these things. Um, I'm particularly focusing on this sabbatical, um, on this season of my life. Um, I think in terms of seven-year cycles because of the sabbatical. So if I do that, I am in, I'm in my last cycle of ministry. I started ministry when I was 21 years of age. I've had 38 years of full-time ministry. It means I'm 59. And I have had five sabbaticals. And so as I look at just the lifespan, I am in, I'm in my last cycle of ministry. I'm trying to be morbid or anything, but my focus is entirely different in this sabbatical than it ever has before. So I'm, fi- I'm focusing on things like, how do I finish well? And um, I'm considering things um, about, uh, the. I use the word legacy, um, but how, I, how am I going to leave Illinois Ministries, this assignment, for my successor? How do, I, how do I want to leave this assignment to my successor? I'm thinking about the best use of my time when I come back in, these, in this final season. Where can I find the greatest impact for ministry? I'm thinking about others in this sabbatical more than anything else. My previous sabbaticals, I hope you understand this, my previous sabbaticals, they were very me-focused. How, how will I lead better? What should I do with issues that keep tripping me up as a leader? How can I balance my life better with my family and ministry and my relationship with Jesus? How can I do that better? But this time around, I'm noticing, and it's a little bit on purpose, but it's really glaring to me. I'm looking at how can I impact others better? How can I serve pastors and church boards better? How can I influence others? How can I leave this assignment of being a regional pastor to someone else that won't have to face some of the issues um, that that I had to face when, when I came into this assignment? How can I leave Illinois Ministries at, at the top of, of her game and not in distress and not in weakness? How can I hand off the baton of leadership to the next person and, uh, and know that I'm handing off, uh, in the best of my ability, a healthy organization? Another big thing for me is how can I lead others out of the overflow of Jesus in my life? Let me unpack that because um, I spent a lot of time with my coach last week um, talking about this. I want to go into a phase of our season of ministry where I'm leading out of the overflow of Jesus in my life. I want to be able to listen better to others and respond with what the Spirit is saying 
In other words, to be filled with the Spirit, that the Spirit flows out of my life instead of having 40 years of experience flow out of my life. And it still may be the same, but but I want to allow the Spirit to speak through me and not my experience to speak through me. Um, and I know that can be some of the same. I, I wish I could, I wish there were words that I could explain this better. Um, I don't want to just give answers that I know are right. I want to give responses that I know are bathed in the Spirit's words so they will have a better effect on that person's life. That's one of the things I'm working on. And how you work on that is spending more time with God. Um, so I encourage you to, to prioritize the well-being of your pastor. Love your pastor by considering a sabbatical. This is a crucial element in your church's leadership policy. Again, I know I've mentioned this, but if you're interested, I've prepared a sabbatical policy kit that I'd be happy to share with you. Just drop me an email at illinoisministries at gmail.com and I will get that off to you. Thank you for tuning in today. Feel free to share this podcast with your entire leadership team. Like it, follow it, do whatever you have to do. Um, I don't want you to miss an episode. The next episode that's coming up is what does a healthy and effective church board look like? I'm excited about sharing with you some of those things. So until next time, shalom, my friends, and thanks for listening.